deeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. give God a praise somebody help me come on hallelujah hallelujah thank you pastor thank you what a great church is a gathering I I uh, I still got you on YouTube I watch that program every now and then it's, that was a good service that morning <laughs> even though I did preach it that was a good service <laughs> it's great to be back with you we've had a good week here with our team coming in for the healing school and if Pastor, give us favor. We'll sure try to be back again next year and, and do it again. So uh, we, we, we enjoy this mountain. I tell you, this morning, we had church this morning already with the Star family. Went down and played for Taylor. Uh, and uh, uh, that, that God did a miracle in that family this morning as we, we, we traveled down there. So give God praise for healing Taylor Star this morning. Amen. Amen. I'm going to take just a moment and introduce uh, Pastor Mitch and this guy to y'all, but some of you haven't met him, and I want you to meet him. Uh, uh, knows the Koran, memorized it, memorized the Koran as a child, and if he messed up, they beat him. And then he said, if I've memorized the Koran and know it front and back, then why don't I memorize the Bible? This man has memorized our Bible. I want Hathim to come here and greet you and say hello to you. Jesus walked right in this room. Give, come on, give God a praise for this man of God. 
Praise God. Praise God. All the glory, all the honor belongs to him. And actually, while we speak and we go to many places and I travel the country preaching, everybody honors us, but they forget the, the, the priest of the house because he opened his house for us. So give him a praise and pray for your pastor to continue doing the work of God. Praise him. Praise God for such a, a humble pastor and a first lady of the house that they opened their house for us and they showed us hospitality and the love of God through them. Thank you for having us here. It's an honor. It's a privilege. I always feel unworthy being here speaking when I led 50 years of Islam in devotion, prayed five times a day, memorized the Quran as a teenager by heart. That didn't help me a lot. And as Pastor Tommy said, I was beaten up for it. Because every time I challenged, the more I studied, the more discrepancies showed up and the more you think, okay, what's going on here? I, I don't get this. There is so much discrepancies everywhere. And when you question it in Islam, the punishment comes so severe. The more you question it, the more severe the punishment is. That's how I lost all my hair. <laughs> it's all the noggins and the knocking on the back of the head. So then I thought I'll memorize a little bit more. So I memorized another maybe up to 10,000 pages without exaggeration of the hadith. Because there's so much hadith, the guy, Muhammad, had no time whatsoever other than speak and behave and everything was recorded. And the more I studied the hadith, the more contradiction I found between the Quran and the hadith, which doesn't make any sense to anybody unless you're on the inside. Because Islam is about two vicious circles. They're like a chain. The half, 50% of it is the Quran, the other 50 is the hadith. And unfortunately, some of the Muslims take the hadith at a higher authority than the Quran. The same as the Jews with the Talmud. They have to be more or less the same. But when there is contradiction, it brings confusion to a mind of a young person like it did to me. I left Damascus, Syria, where I was born at the age of 17 and went to England for education, university and higher education, all the way to PhD. I thought I was smart. Only at the age of 50, when I was told by two hospitals I wasn't going to live until the morning. I lost my vision in the left eye within three days. All my organs shut down. I had a blood pressure of 260 over 145, 150, 160 at times. So I was stroking out or having a congested heart failure. Oh, you name it, I had it, including organs that didn't function. So at the age of 50, I had the same fear as when I was five years old. What's going to happen now? But I've been in control all my life. So I turned on my right side and I was praying for Allah to take me. Thinking I was going to heaven. I've done everything I need to do as a Muslim. Prayed five times a day without failure. Did extra prayers all the time for everybody I knew. Not knowing that that was witchcraft because it was pointed to the wrong God. I was also interceding for my wife, who was born again Christian when we got married, thinking, when I die now and come to heaven, Allah, what's going to happen? Can I bring her with me? Luckily, I didn't die. Because <laughs> I was not going to heaven. I was going under. So that's the time when Jesus appeared to me in the, on my deathbed, at 12, just after 12.30 at night and put his hand on my heart and said, you're not done here yet, I've got so much work for you to do. I literally thought that time I was dead and in heaven, and I thought, wait a second, I just got here, you get me to work immediately, 
give me a break, I need some time off. That wasn't the case, so when I opened my eye to look what's around me, I saw a face, familiar but not familiar. He doesn't look like anything you see in a Catholic church, especially the hand. <laughs> doesn't look like it. So I said, who are you? He said, I'm the Messiah. I thought, okay, zip code wrong. I'm a Muslim for 50 years. What is the Messiah doing in my hospital room? Where is Muhammad? It's, you would think the guy knew what I was thinking. So he said, Muhammad is dead. That was shocking. So I started challenging him because the Quran says he was not killed, was not crucified, it was made to believe. He explained to me his deity. And he said, you know, being a Jew, you will understand what I'm telling you. I thought, I'm not a Jew. And he said, you, you know, being a Jew again, when Jesus said something twice, you have to listen. He said, and I said, who are you? Which Messiah? He said, I'm Yeshua HaMashiach of Nazareth that came in the flesh, died on the cross. I am that I am. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I loved you and knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Now, I've never been loved in Islam. There is not a single verse in the entire scripture of the Quran or the Hadith that explains the love of Allah. All of it is smoting. Allah is merciful, but we're going to kill you. Allah is merciful and most kind, but you, are, you have no idea what you're doing. I thought I was smart. I only proved to myself I was as dumb as a dipstick at the age of 50. So by the time it was the morning, he was still there explaining to me why he had to die on the cross for you and me. I gave him my life. Amen. Declared him as my Lord and Savior. And I declared that everything I've done for 50 years is dead. I am dead with all the qualification I achieved, with everything that I've thought I did, and I live for him now. Amen. And if any of you does not live for him, I urge you to consider and to rethink your life. And when your pastor or a speaker tells you if you're not right with God, come over to the altar. None of us are right with God. None of us. It doesn't matter which walk you're walking. We need correction all the time. May God bless you. I'll give it back. Thank you, sir. Give God a praise for saving this man of God. Amen. Thank you, sir. Amen. Third with me today to the book of Third John. Third John. The same John that wrote John, Matthew, Mark, Luke. John wrote this. He wrote the book of Revelation, so it's right at the end of your Bibles. Look at, get your phone out and look it up. It's there. Four or five years ago, I just I, I, some young people were sitting in this section, and they're all on their phone, and I'm over here telling them, put those phones up and listen to me. Well, they're all looking up Bible verses, so I, I don't talk about phones no more. So, so get your phone out, get your iPad out. 3 John 1, 2. I have one verse for us. 3 John 1 and 2. You got it? Say amen. amen. Oh, that's not everybody. You got it? Say amen. amen. Beloved, I love you. I pray, the word in some Bibles say wish. We're not wishing for nothing. I pray above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. I love you. Pastor Heath taught us about love last night. I love you. Above all things, I want you to prosper and be in health and your soul prosper. 
Lord, I thank you today for what you're going to do. I thank you for this week, this great week you've given us. Lord, we honor you in everything we do. We give you all the glory and honor. Heal those who need to be healed today, mentally, mostly, physically. Heal their bodies. Bless those financially, Lord, so they can become financiers of the kingdom of God. Everything, we give it to you. And everybody said amen. I come this morning to bring you a word that I want you to prosper. One hallelujah and one amen. Well, let me say it again. Maybe I'll get some other people on this side to help me just a little bit. I'm old line Pentecostal, so you're going to have to help me. I mean, uh, I'm old line. i got to have amen, hallelujah, preach, go ahead, jump. I come this morning to speak to you that I want you to prosper. Whoa! The Spirit of the Lord says through John that it's God's desire. Teresa got a double portion. That God's desire for you and me to prosper and be in health. God wants us to prosper and be in health. And he wants our soul to prosper. He wants our soul to prosper. When you see words or concepts in the Bible like these, and they're repeated, God doesn't waste words. When he repeats something, it's time that you and I listen very carefully. When God says, Tommy, Tommy, I'm listening. John, John, Peter, Peter, he called his name twice. When God repeats, he don't waste words. Love is repeated in these verses. Prosper is repeated in these verses. Truth is repeated in these verses. Most of us know the New Testament is made up of letters written by the apostles. Letters written to persons or to churches by the apostles. And the epistles are not the apostles' wives. They're the writings of the apostles. The book of 3 John is not a letter. It's a postcard. It's one chapter and a few verses. So John wrote a postcard to his good friend Gaius, and he's telling Gaius, I love you. When's the last time you told somebody you love them? Hope you did today, this morning, tonight. But in terms of the day, this is a postcard, short, one chapter. But this is a profound revelation from God. This verse is a profound revelation from the Word of God. John writes to his friend Gaius. He loves Gaius, and he repeats to him, I pray it is my desire that you prosper and be in health. Above all things, I pray that you prosper and be in health, and I want your soul to prosper. John is speaking to a person, yes, his good friend Gaius. He's speaking or praying to God on behalf of Gaius. God is, John is praying to God and saying on the content of this prayer, I love you, and because I love you, I'm praying for you. So that's my first point today, who you praying for? Who you praying for? What's your prayer life like? Who you praying for? Who do you go to altar and pray for? Who do you get down by side your bed and pray for? Who do you walk through your house praying for? Pleading the blood of Jesus. you got to be praying for somebody. You need to be calling their names out to God every day. Calling your family names out to God every day. Co-workers' names out to God every day. Pastor name, my name. Call my name out to God every day. Pray for somebody. Better yet than that, who's praying for you? I want you praying for me. I want Grandma praying for me. I want this Andrew from Uganda praying for me. 
But the Bible tells me Jesus is praying for me. That ought to make us all shout this morning because Jesus is praying for us, interceding at the right hand of God for you and me. That ought to make you shout because Jesus is praying for us. Who in this life loves you enough to pray for you? Well, let's flip it over. Be praying for somebody else. How's your prayer life? I said this Friday night. If your prayer life consists of bowing your head when this man prays every Sunday morning and you don't pray anymore all week until next Sunday morning when you come here to the gathering and he prays again and that's your prayer life all week long is you bow your head, he prays three or four minutes every Sunday but you don't pray all week long until next Sunday and you don't even pray then, you just bow your head. I got two words for you, get saved. Get saved. We got to have a prayer life. Communicate with God on an everyday basis. Talk to him. Talk to your daddy. Who do you stand in the gap for, interceding for? I love you so much. I'm praying for you, John. I'm praying for you, Gaius. I love you so much. I pray, first of all, that you prosper. I pray, above all things, that you prosper. I come this morning to preach this prosperity to you. If you go back to the original text in the Greek, those things are reversed in the Greek when you read it in the Greek. The front of the sentence gets the emphasis, not the end of the sentence in the Greek. So it says, above all things, I pray that your soul prospers, that you be in health, and then the prosperity comes. In the church today, we struggle in the Church of America, USA. We struggle with this word prosperity. We struggle with it. The message is about claim it, message. Say it, claim it, money comes. Say it, claim it, money comes. Grab it, message. What we really emphasize is the concept of prosperity. The enemy is Satan. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's distorted our biblical content about money, about prosperity. What, it, what does it mean to prosper? What do you think about money in the church? That's all they do is take up money in the church. It's not about money. Preachers and money, money in the church, jet airplanes. BMWs, I got them. Mercedes, Cadillacs, condos, houses. The devil has duck took that and concepted all across our nation to ruin our relationship with money in the church. It's what he's tried to do is ruin that kind of relationship. Prosperity. Prosperity is more than about money. Somebody praise him right there. Prosperity is more than about money. Don't limit God to wealth and material stuff. Don't limit God to about money, money, money. God's too big to limit me about money and to you about money. Somebody say prosper. prosper. All right, get this. Here's what it means. Write it down. Text it. The root word means a road, a way, a journey, 
to travel well. Woo. That's what it means. That's what prosper means. I hadn't said money yet. The Bible says a road, a way, a journey to travel well. It means to be well or good. It means to do well as you travel. On this journey toward heaven, I'm going to travel well. On this journey, I'm going to heaven, I'm going to travel well. I'm on a road, I'm on a journey, I'm on my way to heaven, and I'm going to travel well on my way to heaven because my soul is prospering. My soul is prospering because I know Jesus, my Lord and my Savior. John is saying life's a journey, and Gaius, he's talking to Gaius, I want you to travel well. If we're traveling well, there got to be a destination we're going and that destination is heaven. We will be successful on our way in this journey. This on this journey. I come here this morning to speak to you this morning and tell you that God wants you to travel well. God wants you to have a good road, a good way to travel well. Anybody with me? Yes, amen. I come here to tell you in this church this morning that I speak success in your journey. Uh, come on, I speak success in your journey. I come to speak success into this ministry. I, I, I speak success into this new team right here. They're going to be successful. I, I tell you, success is going to follow this group. I am telling you, success is coming. I come this morning, yes, to speak into your finances. I speak success right into your finances. I come this morning to speak success in your calling. Whatever your calling is, I don't care what God's called you to you, from children's church to evangelism, whatever God's called you to do, I'm standing here today as a prophet of God telling you that I speak success into your calling. Whatever that calling is, I speak success into your calling. I even speak success when you have trial and a trouble that comes into your life. I say that you have success when you have a trial and a trouble. I speak success to you. Somebody got to get this. I speak success in your anointing. Whatever God's anointing you to do, do it. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Now listen, don't get out of line now. If God told you to teach children church, don't you try to get on this praise team. If God spoke to you and said, I want you working with children, don't you don't sound good as you think you sound. What do you you get up here, you don't they turn your mic off. They certainly turned my mic off. I had a choir director who did that to us at the old Summerton Church of God where I grew up. If he had somebody up there looking bad, he looked back that sound man and go. They turn that thing down, he's singing away. Ain't nobody hearing him. I speak success into your calling, whatever it is, I, your anointing. I speak success in this house. I speak success to everyone in this house. Everybody that's streaming right now, I speak success to you and your house. I speak success in every house that's watching us right now. Thousands watching on streaming. I speak success in your relationships. I want your relationships to be good with each other. I just come to speak success. I speak success in your emotions. 
that you have emotional success. I, I, I just come this morning to tell you that I speak success on this journey on our way to heaven. I want all of you to have success. Now, praise God because it's coming to your house. Praise God so success is coming to you and your family and your job. I wish that you prosper, travel well. Yes, it includes money, financial blessings. Where God guides, God provides. Have a healing school at the gathering. I'll provide. Okay, Lord, we'll do it. We'll put that together and make that happen. Travel to Dominican Republic about three times a year. Don't worry about the funding. God will provide. Travel to Singapore and to Munich. God will provide. I'm telling you, God provides. you got to trust him. Step out and trust him. Listen, I know folk in these mountains got some money. There's some folks in my county got some money. We're from coal mining country in Alabama. There's a coal mining company down there named Drummond Company that owns all the coal mines in Alabama. They got some money. I know some folk, and you know some folk got some real money. I'm not talking about a few dollars. I'm talking about money. Money, money, money. But you know what they need in their life? They need stuff money can't buy. I know some folk got a lot of money, but they ain't got no happiness. I know some folk got no money. Their emotions are messed up. I know some folk got a lot of money, but they're going to die and go to hell if they don't know Jesus. I, I know a lot of folks like that. If God limit prosperity to our money, a lot of us would miss out on prosperity because we ain't got no money. Somebody say prosper. A journey to travel well. Listen, it don't do mean one bit of good to stand up here this morning and stump and jump and run if you don't start walking in it. You got to start walking in this. You got to walk through your house and plead the blood and say, I'm successful. I, I, I'm going to prosper and be in health. Walk through your house. Lay, your, lay the oil on your grandkids' head and say, you will prosper and be in health. Put the oil on your children. You will prosper and be in health. I'm telling you, don't limit God. Somebody say prosper. You got to walk in it. I speak success. I declare it. I prophesied in this house this morning. Success is coming here like you've never seen before. And that stuff, when it comes to the church, it goes to the people in the church. It just rolls right into your house. Get this. Don't forget it. What the devil wants you to do is wear yourself out jumping about it. Jump it up and down, but never walking in it. You got to walk in it. The problem we see here is we got to walk in prosperity, waiting for this message to get over so we can, the devil wants to whisper in your ear on your way off this mountain and say, that ain't going to happen to you. And you just tell him, get your B-U-T-T out of my car and get out of my house. I'm going to walk in this success. I'm going to walk in it in the name of all names in Jesus' name. I pray that you prosper and be in health, and I speak success. Life is a journey, and we got to walk in it. Walk in it. Walk in it. If I watch you walk around every day, I see your habits. And your habits tell me about your lifestyle. Then I see what kind of commitment you got to God because I'm walking, watching you every day on your walk. So your walk speaks to me how you live in real life. The truth is, you walk in truth. 
Ephesians 2.10. Listen to this one. Ephesians 2.10. For we, you and I, are God's workmanship. Created in Jesus Christ unto good works, which God hath ordained that we should walk in them. I got to walk in this. Your life is a journey, so God has prepared stuff for you to do on this journey, down this road. So get this, as I walk into this journey, and ordained by God to do this journey, I have assignments to do. How do you please God? Complete your assignment. Jesus said, Father, I've completed my assignment. He came to earth with an assignment to die for me and you on the cross, to come out of the tomb on the third day so you and I could have eternal life. That was his assignment. Peter, you get behind me, son, because I got an assignment to do. <laughs> Peter, get out of the way, because I got an assignment to do, Peter. That's what he told him. You got to complete your assignment if you want to glorify God. How many want to glorify God in here? Then complete your assignment. Our walk leads to victory and prosperity. So what's my assignment? Get on your knees, fast a little bit, pray a lot, and God will tell you your assignment. God will give you your assignment. God will assign you to something. Jesus said, I only glorify God by completing my assignment. So the corporate assignment in the church is to make me some disciples. We're good at building gyms. We're good at making choirs. We're good at making buildings. We're good at mission trips. We're good at this, and all that is good. But I'm telling you, God didn't say for me to build a gym. God said, make me some disciples. Make me some disciples. Get some sons under you. Get some daughters under you. We have done well at making numbers and buildings and choirs and budgets. But God said, make me some disciples. My job here today is to make some disciples in this house to follow after Jesus Christ. Do your assignment. Find out what it is and do your assignment. Any school teachers in the house? Anybody here, a school teacher? Let me see your hand. I'm not going to jump on you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, we got 10 or 12 teachers. Now, I came out of a high school in Dora, Alabama. that had about 60 in my graduating class, a pretty good class, I guess. It was a very good class because I, I was president of that class, so it had to be a good class. So I went to a junior college a couple of years and ended up at the University of Alabama. One of my goals was to go to the University of Alabama. <clears throat> now coming from my little old class, I had about 18 in my history class at Door High School. <clears throat> and I got in the history class at the University of Alabama. They had 628 students in it. 628 students in one class. They meet every Monday, Wednesday, or Friday at 8 a.m. I got to get up early to get to class. We go to class, teacher call the roll. They don't call the roll now in college. You scan your card when you come through the door now. You don't have to call roll no more because when you go through the door to class, you scan your card and they know who you are. So they, they don't do that no more like we did it. So he called the roll. And you know what he said? That's the last time I'll call roll in this class. That sounded good to me. He ain't going to call a roll ever again. That's a good deal. 
And then he said this, Dr. Troy, there'll only be one test. It'll be at the end. I will not give a test all semester. That sounded good to me. One test and no roll call. So you know what I did? I never went back. You think I'm getting out of bed at 6.30 every morning, getting ready to go to class at 8 o'clock? I'm not. I'm sleeping. Every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I am sleeping. I'm not going to that class anymore. There's no roll call. There's no test. What I need to go for? Got a girlfriend in that class. She went. So I see her out across campus every now and then. I say, what y'all doing in that history class? He just teaching history. <laughs> he called a robe? No. Any test? No. I said, I got it made. I got it made. I don't have to go. Now we're at the end of the semester. Test time. You got to write a paper. I got the forms, and I wrote me a paper. And I got that paper back. Now, you teachers, I want to know why you teachers got to write F in red. Why? Why? Why do you school teachers write elf in red? Don't you think an elf is an elf in black ink? Don't you think an elf is an elf in blue ink? And why do you got to circle it three times in red? Oh, I got it. Emphasis. This is an elf, and we mean it's an elf. I turned that paper in. I typed that paper. I did good. I got a good paper. F, circled in red. You know what he wrote on my paper? You did the wrong assignment. One day, you and I are going to stand in front of Jesus Christ. He's going to, we're going to stand. He is the judge. We're going to stand right before him. And he's going to say, Elf, written in red, on the red blood of Jesus, I don't know you. I don't know you. But I did this. But I did this. But I did this. And he'll say, but you never knew me. I don't want that elf. <laughs> I refuse to get that elf. <laughs> I'm going to know my Jesus as my Savior. And I'm going to get an A on my assignment when I stand before Jesus. Give God a praise in the house. Good research. Good paper. Well written. Good punctuation. Good everything. Elf! It was a wrong assignment. you got to find out what your assignment is and do it for Jesus Christ. I only glorify God by the way I do my assignment. Life is a journey. Prosperity and success comes with us. we got a corporate assignment. we got a personal assignment. The danger is we do the wrong assignment at the wrong time. If you're supposed to be doing this, be doing this. And don't be doing this. And once you do this, it's time to stop that assignment and do another assignment. Don't stay too long in one assignment. This class is over. Assignments are for seasons. Somebody here has got to be doing the right stuff, but you may be doing it at the wrong time. That season is over in your life. It's time to move on in God. It's time to do it. John says, I pray for you that you might do the right assignment at the right time. On your journey to success.
All right. How many got part one? <laughs> Be successful in God. Have a good journey. Number two part of this lesson says, I pray that you might be in health. That word health there is hygiene. Now why would God start talking about my body? He just told me I was going to be successful and prosper. And now he's talking about my body. Why? John says, I pray that you be whole, healthy, and strong in your body. Why my body, Lord? Because my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's the reason I got a strong, healthy body. Because my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. All the stuff going on in your family, all the stuff going on in my family, all the stuff going on in your job, God has brought us here to get a healing anointing in our body today, committed to the blessings of God to protect our body, to heal our body, to refresh our bodies, because God wants our body whole. Psalm 23 says it best, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, he may not be your shepherd, but the Lord's my shepherd. It's a personal thing. The Lord is my shepherd. He's going to make sure I have success on my journey because he's my shepherd. Some of God wants some of you just to lie down in some green pastures and get some rest. He will, he will make you lie down if you don't lie down. God don't want us to burn up, blow up. He wants us to go on in success with him. New beginnings and walk with God. God wants us to restore our soul. My body is a temple. What about yours? My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. God places emphasis on my body and speak to me. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Who in here is abusing your body? Don't be abusing your body. Take care of this body that God's given us. Don't mishandle your body. No sleep. All stress. Unsanctified love affair. I didn't say that, did I? Who joined us in an unholy alliance, spiritual, physical, emotional, realize what happened in your body affects the Holy Spirit of God. Realize that. God wants us to be holy. Somebody say holy. holy. That's a real word. That's a real word. Holy. Holy is the Lord. Be holy comes from a state or condition of unholiness. He wants us to be holy in our life, to prosper and be in health as our soul prospers. Eat right. Oh, did I say that? Eat right. Reposition yourself in God. Let God guide you. Some of you cannot be holy. People I know and you know can't be holy because they're stopping at Jane's house on the way home to their wife. You're dropping by Susie May's house on your way home. Unholy. Unholy. Preach it, I am. Wrong woman, wrong man in our lives. Some of us can't be holy because we're stealing God's money because we're not tithing. Whoa. God, you didn't say that. That's worse than going to Susie's house. We got to be sanctified. That's not a denomination. 
Sanctification is not a denomination. It's a lifestyle. You and I have got to have a lifestyle of sanctification to work on this journey. I glorify him with my body. God said, be holy as I am holy. It's not old, an old foggy word. The word is not foggy either. It's foggy. Can't even read my own writing. Your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. So start acting that way. The world laughs at us. The world laughs at us. They see us raise our hands. They see us do this. And lay out, and lay out in the floor. They see us, the Holy Ghost jerk, if you will. They see us. And then they see us on the workplace when we act like they do. They see us on the workplace. They see us on Sunday. Then they see us in the workplace. We act just like they do. We stand at the water fountain and tell the same dirty jokes they tell. And listen to the same dirty jokes they tell. Listen, I love to play golf when I can. And when I can means all the time. I love to play golf. I, I, I just love it. But sometimes you're by yourself and they'll say, you want to join us? Yeah, sure, I'll play with y'all. Well, they'll hit the ball and you'll use some words that I don't use. They'll hit the ball again and i say, i tell you what. You guys just go on. I'll play them just me and the Holy Ghost. We'll just play by ourselves. But I don't have to listen to that filth when I play golf. I don't have to listen to it. I don't have to have you around me at work telling me those filthy things. I don't have to have it. The world laughs at us. We have no power, no authority. Why? Because we're not living sanctified life. Our enemy Satan. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Are you with me this morning? God is calling his church, that's you and me, to holiness. Somebody say holiness. Now, here's a curveball. I throw you two fastballs. Here's a curveball. I pray that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. So, number one, your soul has to prosper. Then you'll have health, and then you'll prosper. That's the reason he wrote it in the Greek the other way. That's the reason he wrote it around. Here's my prayer for you today. I speak success, prosperity in your life, health and wholeness in your life, but more than that, I want your soul to prosper. Somebody say prosper. There's assumption here. It's revelation text. It's not just walking success. It's not walking healing. Your soul has got to prosper. And the only way your soul can prosper if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Somebody praise him right there because we got to know Jesus Christ. Your soul's got to prosper. If your soul is prospering, then you will prosper in your finances. Your walk will be good. I pray for you to prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Pastor Heath. Now, Heath's my example. I'm not talking about him personally. This man comes up here for me to pray and bless him to prosper and be in health. He wants me to pray today that he prosper and be in health. But the verse says, as his soul prospers. So this man is living in sin, secret affairs, living in sin, stuck into this, stuck into that, and nobody knows except him and God. Nobody knows it. So now here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to curse him. You know why? Because I'm going to pray he prosper as his soul prospers. Get it? I am going to pray for him 
as your soul prospers, then I want your health to prosper. So he's thinking to get sick. What? Yes. Because I'm praying for him. Get this verse. This is powerful. I'm going to pray for him to prosper and be in health as his soul prospers. So we got to get our souls right. Then when I pray for him, he's saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, a powerful man of God that he is. Now I can pray that he prosper money-wise and prosper health-wise, and it will happen in his life because I'm praying because his soul is prospering. Give God a praise in the house. I hope you get that lesson. you got to get that. So listen. Don't get in my line if you got sin in your life. Because I'm going to put some of this oil on your head and pray that you prosper as your soul prospers. And now you're going to walk out of here with a curse on you. Because your soul's not prospering. Get it. It's here. I didn't, I didn't write this. John wrote it. Talk to John. I pray that you prosper and be in health. I pray your soul prospers. Well, how can I know I'm prospering on my journey? Glad you asked me. Number one, get your soul right with God. Number two, live a sanctified life. Number three, know your assignment and do it. Number four, <clears throat> then and only then will you have success and be in good health. There are two pieces of mirrors and glass in your car. Right up here in the front of your car, it's two pieces of glass. A windshield. And a rear view mirror. If you spend more time looking at rear view mirror than you do looking ahead to where God's taking you, you got a problem. We got to get out of that rear view mirror. What's in the past is in the past. Get it back there and leave it back there. Then and only then will you have success. Where God is taking us is where we're coming from and going to Him. I get excited because I'm on the right road. How about you? I get excited because I'm on the right road. I'll go, not somebody clap, everybody clap. I get excited because I'm on the right road. I pray that you prosper. I choose to prosper. Say it with me. I choose to prosper. I choose to be in health. My soul is prospering. Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Use me for your glory. And for your honor. Now give God a praise. Read this verse. Study it. Know it. Re-study this. Get a copy of this. Get that. All those CDs are in that pack of all this. This will be in there also. They're getting it prepared right now as we do. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. If you're in here this morning, you heard this message. And you're not having a soul that prospers. And you want me to pray for you this morning that your soul prospers. Slip your hand up and put it right back down. Mm, my goodness. My, 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 my. 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Put your hand on your heart and pray with me loud. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I ask you, please forgive me. Of all my sins. Right now. Let my soul prosper. That means I've accepted you. As my Lord. And my Savior. Thank you Jesus.
for saving my soul. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to prosper. I'm going to be in health. And my soul is prospering. And I'm going to heaven. Now give God a praise in the house, everybody. Come on. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. All right. All right, I want my team to come. I'm going to do what God told me to do this morning, so we're going to do it. I want uh, the team to come. Pastor, you also, you and your wife come and just line up right in front of me. I'm going to anoint this team's hands with oil. With this oil that you already have on this mountain. You're right, stand like her. And that's from Dalton, Georgia, from the Bible that's leaking oil every day. And y'all had that Bible at this mountain already. Go ahead and give me some music, guys, in the name of Jesus. And then we're going to pray for you, everybody. We're going to pray for everybody in the house, everybody, after I anoint this team first. Lord, in the name of Jesus, use us this morning for your glory and honor as I anoint these hands. Lord Jesus, use them in the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus. When they lay hands on the sick, the sick to be healed in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for what you're about to do and how you're going to do it. In Jesus' precious holy name, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. All right, this group, come and stand this way. Come on, one, two, three, four, five. Stand down here and face those. Come on down, Sheila. Pastor, you get right here. Linda, come stand here. There you go. There you go. All right, we're going to start with this section. And then we'll go to this section next, and this section next, and this section next. So when you see this section end, y'all just get up and come on. We're going to pray for everybody that wants to be prayed for this morning. We want you to go through this line, go out the other end, and come back to your seat this way. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord.